Hey, what's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to our edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biko. It's your podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, the Franchise, and of course, joining me is my co-host of the most, Biko. What's up, guys? Um, we decided to call this episode, um, I know it's episode 52 of the podcast. You know what, since we've been doing like pop culture news and stuff on some episodes, we decided to call this episode, Pop Use, hashtag number one. <laughs> So, pretty much, this episode is pretty much going to be, like, mostly, like, a pop culture news stuff. So, pretty much what's going on right now. And, of course, we'll, Beagle will still have his, like, stuff from Reddit section and um, some stuff that we're watching right now. So, I know the big thing right now is with the coronavirus right now that's been affecting a lot of events right now. Um, of course, um, big news coming out yesterday was Italy um, decided to the point they were pretty much shut down. The country's pretty much shut down. So, it's pretty much... Which affects a lot of public outings and social events. And of course, if you're a big soccer fan, of course, Syria announced that all matches have been suspended and postponed until possibly April, depending on how, because, you know, on the corona scale. And of course, you talk about, what well, about, you know, events here in the U.S. as well. Um, I know um, AEW, for the wrestling fans, AEW and WWE both issue statements and their pro monitoring the coronavirus situations, and both sides are pretty much prepared to the point that are willing to. You know, if they have to fight in empty arenas, they're going to have to fight in empty arenas. Um, it gets to that point. If it gets to the point the states they go to, they have state emergency and the people are told not to go out their doors. They're monitoring the situation, you know, for the health and safety of their staff and their talent. That if it gets to the point that they're willing to fight in empty arenas. I mean, it sucks, but I mean, it gets to that point where, you know, people, you know, we're at the stage where, you know, it does take effect. Also, it takes effect on industry as well. Of course, you know, Emerald City Comic Con was supposed to happen last weekend. It got pushed back to the summer because um, a lot of publishers were, like, pulling out. And, you know, they pretty much decided, you know, we don't want to risk, you know, our staff getting infected. You know, it's because this, like I said, but so far the cases have been more, like, the elderly. I don't think it has been a case for some, like, a kid or a young person so far. But most of the cases have been... Pretty much what we can amuse people with we can amuse systems tend to be in, on the older side, but it's still something that's usually taken seriously. So one thing was Funko decided um decided to do was they're gonna do their ever first, this is on the website this is from comicbook.com comicbookresources.com um pretty much they announced due to the fact that MLC Comic Con got postponed says on the company's website Funko revealed they'll be hosting their first Funko Virtual Con. This week, to connect with fans, the con will be hosted from March 11 to the 13th. Um, pretty much, uh, the con will be hosted by Funko via online live stream. So each day, the con will have different events, such as giveaways and games. Fans looking to follow along with the virtual con can follow Funko and use the hashtag Funko Virtual Con on social media platforms, so Twitter and Instagram. So this is from the article itself that I'm reading for Bainum. Um, and pretty much, uh, this is. More from articles as Funko Virtual Con will allow fans to participate in various activities hosted by the company. Fan and you know fans can interact with the Funko crew, take part in various games and contests. The last day of the will feature the Funko Funcast panel, which will be a live stream from Funko's HQ lounge, featuring the Funko Funcast interacting with fans online, discussing different topics such as pop culture. So it's like that's kind of cool. That's like some kind of interesting concept to do. You know, you know Funko is a big you know part of our pop culture in general because you know the Funko Pops and everything and they do figures and t-shirts pretty much pretty much have license pretty much on any <laughs> property so 
that's a cool concept. You know, this is credit. This article is by uh, Brian Martin, which was actually was published today. In fact, March 10th, people don't realize it's Mario Day. <laughs> people, so, and I believe, you know, a few last few years, you know, Google did the whole, if you want to Google Maps, that like, instead of your arrow navigation, it was Mario on the Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. But people observe March 10th as Mario Day. <laughs> so, but this thing with Funko is kind of cool because it's like, you know, they want to show their products, but I mean, there's another means to do it was through a, through a virtual, which is kind of cool because it's pretty much showing that, hey, this is what we were planning to do at, at Emerald City Comic Con, but now we're pretty much bringing it to your, pretty much to your screen. And that's kind of cool that they'll be able to participate like in Twitter and stuff, you know, communicate with the people there at Funko. That's kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And probably they get to show people, you know, what Funko has in line when it comes to like their properties and stuff. So that's something else. Um, another thing I saw, I'm right now I'm on CBR.com. Um, looks like according to Mark Ruffalo, he says here, according to this, you know how Disney Plus has the She-Hulk series in development? It's showing he said he will return as the Hulk. Mm-hmm. So it says here, Mark Ruffalo will bring, this is from an article from CBR. Which, according to their source, uh, Luminerity, the Avengers star has signed on to the series. And, and it says, appears to be a recent update with the new services recently this past weekend. It's time to write in DSR's role, including how many episodes he may appear, are being kept under wraps. So he'll probably, I would say he probably won't be in every episode, but he'll probably be like a reoccurring. So I think that's the whole thing, is because people don't realize, technically Hulk, like for solo film and stuff, he's technically, you know... The rights are still under um, Universal. And people don't realize the only way for Hulk to appear like with Avengers, he has to, the agreement that Universal and Marvel Studios had was he has to appear with other people. So I think this is another way to keep you know, the Hulk alive is to pairing with his cousins. I think, I'm assuming Disney got the rights to She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of cool because, I mean, it's got a way to introduce, you know, the character, you know... Because she's like Bruce Banner's cousin, so this guy's show, you know, her origins as well. So I'm guess, and plus, you know, it's gonna be Smart Hulk, so it's not gonna be, you know, he's gonna be raving mad or anything. So it's pretty much in the current timeline, so it'll be Smart Hulk, pretty much. But I'm just curious to see because I know they haven't. It's been like they haven't done any. Ca- I know um, they haven't done any casting yet for uh, the character yet. Um, I know Allison Bree's name has been put up there. The play She-Hulk probably went in her P-Hulk form, but I mean, there's a lot of names tied to to the character, so we'll have to wait and see, you know. But all we know is Hulk will be back, but in a TV series form. That'd be interesting to see that. Um, something else I saw on CBR. Uh, we'll check out another site. Um, of course, um, according to MA News Network, um, it was announced yesterday. Um, People were hoping for the anime RE Zero. It was supposedly supposed to come out pretty much um, yesterday. Um, it was announced by the studio that due to the coronavirus and halting production, um, pretty much RE Zero has the production has been pushed and the series has been postponed. And the series has been announced for a July 2020 release. I know a lot of fans were, of course, since they decided to release. The first season of RE Zero, director's cut, you know, pretty much putting the episodes together, but with extra footage, um, and you know, like I said, it's like with Japan being in like an emergency state as well, and 
the coronavirus and and all that productions were put on hold. And you know, this was the big one because um R E Zero is a really good anime. Um really good manga, so um it was something that uh pretty much um Pretty much, it's one of those like isekai type of animes where pretty much, you know, this guy who's pretty much like a kind of almost like a neat, but apparently he dies or gets summoned to another world and he finds out if he gets killed, he can actually go back to that point, pretty much, almost to the point before he died. So almost like almost like an infinite life type of thing, almost like kind of like a video game esque, but it's a really cool story, you know. And he interacts with these different characters. Of course, the biggest ones are the twins, um, Ram and Rem. Um, those are the, pretty much like the big, um, pretty much I would say like the waifus. <laughs> pretty much of, the, of that anime itself and the manga. But definitely something I do recommend. Definitely check it out. But like I said, you guys got time till July to catch up on the first season. Um, like I said, they do have it on Crunchyroll. They do have the director's cut on Crunchyroll itself. I believe they were going to add the film as well on, the, on their side as well um another thing today um another thing in the news is for the anime news network um apparently um if you guys remember um back in the day before you know the sony playstation was ever born um um sony and nintendo were working on a prototype for you know um the nintendo playstation and people don't realize um what was nintendo wanted to expand the use of their super nintendo but they have the ability to do play disc games. And of course, they reach out to Sony. And this article was um, done by, was published today by Lindsay Loveridge. Uh, pretty much, um, once upon a time, Sony was in talks with Nintendo to create an expanded version of the successful Super Nintendo Entertainment Console, also known as Super Famicom, um, with a CD reading capabilities. The early 90s partnership would ultimately fall apart, and Sony will take its ball and go home until they release the PlayStation system. But not before it created roughly 200 prototypes of the quickly called Nintendo PlayStation. And apparently it said no games or software to console exists, but it has in lower status as the top tier collector's item. It's worth what's cemented this week when one of the only known Mason sold at auction for, get this, $360,000. Um, the lucky buyer was Greg McLemore, the founder of Pets.com and Toys.com and an avid collector. Uh, Macklemore told CNN Business, it's the most single expensive thing I ever bought outside of a house. I believe I got a great deal. To me, it was worth it, especially with combined the rest of my collection, the whole, which tells a story I want to save for society. I mean, um, it's crazy because it's like, it's like pretty much like a what if. Think about it. If Nintendo did not, you know, pretty much... Did not move forward with Sony and, you know, say, you know, it was this extension. And they said, hey, let's do it. It kept going forward and they started making games for it and stuff. We wouldn't have had a PlayStation. So they want to break it out on their own. We would not have a PS4. or won't even talk about PS5. Because Sony will never be in its own, like, entertainment company. Well, it wasn't an entertainment company, but never been, like, in a big video game market. So, it's interesting that, you know... Something like that is out there, and apparently people are waiting to go through financial means to secure, you know, to get it, like $360,000, so <laughs> that's that's a big purchase, <laughs> but in the article, it was pretty much worth it. Um, uh, let's see, here, uh, I don't know if I wanted to point out, uh, 
Anything on the news right now? Oh, here we go. Uh, speaking of coronavirus, so I'm just from IGN.com. Looks like the Falcon Winter Soldier, um, soldier um, shoots were shut down to uh, corona, coronavirus concerns. Apparently, it looks like they were filming in Prague. And it says here, according it's, this article is written by Matt Kim. It was updated around 5.20 today. Um, pretty much it says here, Disney Plus' The Falcon Winter Soldier has shut down a shoot in Prague due to COVID-19 concerns. The Marvel series was filming in Prague when the local government closed schools and placed restrictions on travel and events. Most of The Falcon Winter Soldier was shot in Atlanta, but a short shoot began last Friday in Prague, according to Deadline. Well, she was expected to be finished in a week, but after the production cancellation, everyone was ordered to return to Atlanta, and it's unclear if the planned Prague shoots will be completed. Um, shoots for the Falcon Winter Soldier were previously affected when a plant shoot in Puerto Rico was impacted by a 6.4 bang- magnitude earthquake. However, the show is still expected to premiere on Disney Plus streaming service in August. So, hmm. Also, productions are being, you know, affected as well. Um... So that's another thing. Uh, like I said, this is something that, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's making waves. So I can say, um, in fact, yeah, Japan reported 59 cases today and shot up in two days. It went from like 14 to 59. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So that's like the highest spike it ever had. Mm-hmm. So far in history that they're recording. So... If this is true, it's definitely making an impact on how we're living society. So, and uh, I and then I read another one saying Kane County in Illinois has been affected, 19 cases. So, it's you know it, it's it's around everywhere. You just never know nowadays. So just be clean, guys. It sucks to say that it's coming closer and closer. And now we're, I mean, I'm just gonna assume we have to count the days now until. They make announcements saying to not leave your house. If it's if it's, I, it's easy, it's easy to spread. If it's if it's true, it's easy to spread. It's still gonna get. If you're sick, just stay home. Call in sick. Let the proper people know that who you need to let know that you're sick and take the day to rest. Don't get anybody else sick and take all the medicine you need. Especially if you're old, or if you're like four or five years old you're a kid or whatever you need to if you're not healthy enough definitely take some medicine if you're sick um one thing to report on the video game front um this is from IGN.com um NFL 2K is coming back in 2021 but according to this Madden is still the exclusive sim football game mm-hmm. the NFL and 2K games announced a new agreement today that will see the publisher NBA 2K this is written by Ryan McCaffrey um today we'll see the publisher two, NBA 2K WD2K Return to Football but EA's long-running Madden NFL series will remain unchallenged in the high-end simulation market. According to uh, the press release released by 2K, according to the article, says the games will be in a non-simulation football game experience, says press release. While specific titles, developers, and release dates will be announced later today, 2K confirmed their projects are in early development and it will launch starting in calendar year 2021. 2K Senior Vice President of Sports Strategy Licensing Jason Argent told IGN these games will be NFL 2K products, definitely. So it's pretty much saying that I mean they'll be like NFL, they'll have the NFL license, but it's like so far Madden is still going to be the more simulated game. So 
EA still has rights to that. But another thing that I kind of find interesting here in this agreement is apparently they still have to sign a deal with the Player Association uh-huh. to get like licenses. Because it's just with the league itself. Because you got to get the Player Association. That's why if you look at any Madden copy, they'll have the Madden NFL logo. They'll have the Player Association logo to get the, like, the licenses to the, care, the, the appearance and likeness of the players. So I'm thinking that this will probably do something like, to me, when am I going to sound like? It'll be more like archaic style, you know, games like Playground or something, like NBA Playground or like almost like NBA Jam or NFL Blitz or something. Something down the lines like that, like it'll be NFL, but probably more like, you know, it could be like NFL Street, you know, it's like something like that, you know, where it's like an arcade-esque football, you know. Um... But it's like it's it's you know like it's like two K they did it did do a video game back in the day. I remember I had it for three sixty. It was uh, for Xbox three sixty. It was called All Pro Football two thousand two K eight. And since it was since they have rights to the players, they were able to get rights to the Hall of Famers. And remember, you could have played you could have played with Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Emmitt Smith, and all that stuff, playing these fictional teams. But it was with the Hall of Famers. Um, but it's kind of cool seeing that, you know, 2K is getting back into the NFL, because I remember 2K5, NFL 2K5, of course, was the last, you know, NFL licensed game by 2K Games, of course, you know, Madden being the more popular one, but I enjoyed 2K, especially, you know, with it, it was, um, to me, it looked more realistic, well, I mean, the presentation was like watching a football game, and, I mean, the sprites were kind of cool and everything, and, you know, at that time, when they were competing with Madden, they said, you know what? Let's release 2K5 for 20 bucks." you know? It was a new game for PS2 and Xbox. It's like, you can get the game for 20 bucks Because back then, those games were like 50 bucks, And, you know, 2K, 2K games decided to take a gamble and say, hey, we'll release it for 20 bucks, you know? But, of course, you know, Madden ended up, you know, ended up taking, you know, ended up winning the licensing war and up becoming the only... High-end simulated, you know, simulation game for the NFL. So, and it's like, it's really interesting to see how 2K will, but I think if they do it, it'll probably be more like an archaic style, you know, uh, football game. So, like I said, uh, that's kind of cool. They're coming back and doing that as well. Um, And it says here it's supposed to last, like I said, it's supposed to start like next year. Let me see if I can pull up anything on comicbook.com. Uh, let's see here. Any good articles I can pull up in the use right now? Oh. And then you want to point out, um, My Hero Academia Heroes Rising joins America's top highest grossing anime films. This is from comicbook.com network group by Nick Valdez um, pretty much uh, this year fans of America have been wanting to see what my hero was going to be the table of the second major film Heroes Rising according to the latest numbers from Box Office Mojo My Hero Academia Heroes Rising has now earned 13 million domestically this brings the film squarely to the top 10 highest grossing anime films of all time in the U.S., even sets in the eighth spot above films such as Spirit Away and Digimon the movie. And so far, according to the list here, um, of course, Pokemon the first movie is still sitting at eighty-five point seven million at number one. Pokemon movie two thousand was forty-three point eight million. 
Number three was Dragon Ball Super Broly at $30.7 million. Yu-Gi-Oh! the movie Pyramid of Light was $19.9 million. The Secret World of Arietti was $9.2 million. Pokemon 3 the movie was $17 million. Ponyo was $15.7 million. My Hero Academia Heroes Rising $13 million. Spirit of Weight $12.4 million. And Digimon the movie $9.6 million. So that's kind of cool. Hands off to um, Studio Bones and Toho Animation. Um, that's kind of cool that, you know, it joins that list of the top grossing anime films in the U.S. Mm. It kind of shows, you know, it, there is potential to show, like, these screenings for anime films. I know, like, later this month, they're supposed to show the last, like, Digimon Adventure movie before the reboot. Um, it's called Digimon Last Evolution, so that's supposed to come out, Digimon Adventure Tree Last Evolution, that's supposed to come out later this month. And, of course, uh, Violet Evergarden, which is, a uh, Netflix uh, exclusive anime is also having a film as well. This was out later this year in theaters as well. Um, there's a lot of anime films like being, you know, like screenings uh, being scheduled and everything. So, um, definitely something if My Hero Academia Heroes Rise is still showing theaters, definitely check that out. Really great film. And uh, speaking of, like I said, it keeps pointing back to coronavirus, but like, hey, <coughs> this is what the big news is, it's like, hey, it affects everything. Um, according to this, um, According to San Diego Comic-Con, this is a disargus by Matthew Aguilar from comicbook.com. Um, pretty much uh, San Diego Comic-Con International. says that so far, um, you know, with the cancellations of uh, South by Southwest, um, Emerald City Comic-Con and Game Developers Conference has postponed their shows to their date, so I'll write cancel them. Um, basically, it says here, according to um, comic book, uh Comic-Con International Group. Um, Comic-Con is working with the local officials as it pertains to the COVID-19 situation and continues to monitor developments closely. At this time, both shows, WonderCon Anaheim and Comic-Con in San Diego, are moving forward to schedule. As always, the safety and security of all our attendees is of utmost importance. Please be assured that these concerns are being taken very seriously. We will not make any decisions regarding the rescheduling of shows without weighing all the considerations carefully. And of course, uh, WonderCon... Of course, it will take place in Anaheim next month from April 10th to the 12th. And, of course, San Diego Comic-Con doesn't take place until July. So, like I said, you know, they are monitoring the situation. Like I said, it's like, you see, it, it is affecting, you know, a lot of events. But, so, you know, it's health care. So, it's pretty much, you know, like Biko was saying, it's really, you know, sort of take, not, not take lightly and... But overall, um, let's see here, anything I can find here. Hmm. Oh, apparently, uh, Tony Hawk's skating game may be in the works as well. A new one? Yeah, it looks like it here. It's from Tanner Denman. It says here. From Hellbike.com, my new Tony Hawk skating game is apparently in the works. According to supposedly from a group that says we're here with the music in the game when it releases this year, a band called Vesta casually threw up a post on their Facebook page that they just licensed five new songs to Tony Hawk 2020 game. And the people will be hearing their music there soon. This is the first rumor about a Tony Hawk game that we've gotten, but certainly one of the most convincing ones, assuming everything the band has said is accurate. And it looks like their post has been around for like 10 hours. Well, I'm very surprised. 
but I think that's awesome because I love the Tony Hawk games and they should make a new one. Hopefully, it doesn't suck like the last one. But I know like Tony Hawk was on nice the Bunny Ears podcast and he didn't mention like the the games that down the line weren't as good that he felt that they were like rushed. They weren't like completed well. Like that one he said. The biggest one was that one with the peripheral. Mm-hmm. He said that they they didn't point. test it enough, and to the point where they just shipped it before you know the peripheral was being tested for quality control, and even he made himself that wasn't really well done. Yeah, I remember that one. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what was your favorite Tony Hawk game with that series. We go. I I like the third one the most for me. Because I play that one a lot. The second one's good too. Uh, and then uh, Underground probably the best I've out of all of them because it kind of combined all of, like this is the first time you can walk around off of your board and and it had a good storyline for what it was worth at the time on PS2 and um, I'm glad to see that they're making more new games. I just want them to take their time with it if they're gonna announce something. Uh, I, I I'm just gonna assume they're gonna do something that's gonna be innovative as opposed to because I, I I do remember them saying they were gonna remaster a couple of the older ones, so they can launch them on the Switch too. Uh, but I I haven't seen anything as of late. Diamond's even offered on the Microsoft Store or anything remotely announced. I think that game would for them to announce that they're making another one and not have any other news that there's a remaster was is kind of weird to me but it's and i don't know if it's never stopped at doing the remaster because it could be any other company now because it's not like never soft has a license anymore i don't know like that other company made project eight yeah so, so i don't know good. who the developer is who knows who it'd be so like i said it's kind of curious to see um who the developer is um i think too i just like uh, uh what article was i don't remember what website it was but apparently um Jason Marsden, who was, you know, he played the character Tom in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, apparently revealed that he actually signed on for multiple films. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I think based on the success of this film, it's like most likely um, a sequel is in the works. Um, of course, you know, Paramount and Sega have not announced a film, a sequel yet. But like I said, Jason Marsden did say in the interview that pretty much, you know, because he was doing the interview for the press, you know, Following the movie itself, but he said that he did reveal that pretty much he signed out for multiple film. That he said that with this um, Jim Carrey, it was like when he said about working with Jim Carrey was great. You know, it was like seeing the Jim Carrey of old because I guess at that time you know Jim Carrey took a break from filming from film and then came back and did that TV show for like Showtime. And then after that, he like signed that was like his first film back. And he said that pretty much um, Jim Carrey would have fun to set. You know, he was great with everybody. It was like watching the old Jim Carrey from the early 90s and stuff. And it's like, if you think about it, like Jim Carrey said in his later interviews that, you know, how he's like, when it comes to like the sequels, he's not, you know, a big fan of them. But he said he enjoyed playing Robotnik and he's wanted to do it again. Um, if they talk about a sequel and based on the success. And he said that, you know, think about it like, Think about it with the fans, you know, with the backlash of the first trailer. Um, like I said, it was kind of like this movie was because based on the other feedback from the fans. That studio, like the director said, you know what, you know, as in like it, let's go back and do it again. And they were able to cater to like the, the hardcore fans. And of course, being this is like a kid's film, like, yeah, it's a kid's film, but it's like 
Of course, the, the hardcore Sonic fans will enjoy it as well. But like I said, definitely check that movie out. It should be still in theaters, but... I, was, I forgot what article... Like, it was an article. I was, like, on my Google <laughs> like Google thing. You know, they post, like, headlines and stuff. And that's the only thing I read that, you know, Marsden revealed that it, he has signed out for multiple films. So that character, Tom, will be probably appearing for next... You know, sequels for Sonic the Hedgehog, which I'm hopefully they announced, you know, the Knuckles will be the next one. <laughs> you know, the Knuckles tribe, well, well the Kidna tribe was briefly featured a little bit in the intro of the film. <laughs> so I'll have to wait and see on that. Alright, let's turn it over to Biko with his segment, um, Tales from Reddit. Um, so, I guess more political news is, uh, if you're not paying attention right now, the Democratic National uh, fucking parties running for the primaries and Joe Biden was just announced that he won the states of Missouri and Mississippi. So he, from what it shows, at least from the polls that were taken last week and leading up to this, he already had strong numbers, even over 50% of the vote of the vote that he was pulling high up there. But Bernie Sanders wasn't too far off at 48, but it was only... For some reason, they didn't account for all of his votes that are leading up to this week, but he still didn't win those states, which uh, was very weird because he had visits there. He visited he visited Missouri before he even came to Chicago. Uh, I think he went to St. Louis before he came there to us and then to Flint. So it's like, it's not like he was in visits there. And uh, But Michigan, I think, is supposed to be next to finish the votes for the primaries too as well. So... Uh, I think Bernie Sanders was pulling high over there as well. So, uh, considering that a lot of blue-collar unions aren't really privy to Biden right now, I guess there's like clips going around that he started arguing with the, like he looked like a construction worker, but he was like putting his finger in the guy's face when he was when he when he was brought up that links about Biden saying that he was against the second amendment and that he was against unions and he was going to cut the pay of of uh social security people and he, and he voted on a certain bill and the, and Biden was denying it right there and he's like but there's videos everywhere and he's trying to deny it right then and he just like puts his finger on the guy's face like yeah, it just so nobody likes that. Nobody puts nobody likes fingers being pointed at their face. I think it's just a human reaction, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it just looked bad on his part. So maybe if I think that circulates enough, I don't know how that's going to affect the vote for Sanders and because everyone else they're not polling at all. It's literally just Biden and Bernie at this point, at least for the DNC, and it just looks weird. Um. A lot of the other Reddit news is just more coronavirus shit. It's just like Italy has reported like over 500 something. That's again biggest spike they've had ever since the virus spread around there. It's just uh, it's either that or like fucking politics right now, which is I haven't seen anything else really been announced. I mean, if you want to talk about that one celebrity that that passed away, the the one actor. All right, me. Because oh, that's what, that's like the other thing I saw on Reddit. Besides that, was that one actor who passed away? Yeah, that was in Star Wars with Max Van Sydow. Yeah, let me pull up his. Say that right. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but Max. Let me see if I can look up here. Max Van Sydow. It's like with an S. And 
last last you mentioned he was in the Mandalorian, right? He played uh that mm. one uh I don't think he... leftover general from the Empire. I don't think he was. That was somebody else. That's um a different actor. That's uh Werner um Herscott. Oh. That wasn't him? No. But he was in Star Wars. Wasn't yeah, he was on? um he was in Force Awakens. He was in Force Awakens? Here, I think I found his um here I need to be. Yeah, he passed away this past um, Sunday. Let's see, pull up his IMDb and his credits. Here we go. Max von Sindel. Max von Sindel was born. Carl Adolf von Sindel on April 10th, 1929, in London's from his IMDb page. And known of Sweden to a middle class family. He was a son of Baroness Maria Margarita Rappi, a teacher. And Carl Wilhelm von Sindel, an ethnologist. Professor, his surname traces back to his father's partial German ancestry, which he was born, he was in high school and had a few, and a few, let's see, it says full bio here. Partial German ancestry, when he was in high school, he and a few fellow students, including Yvonne Lumber, started a theater club, which encouraged his interest in acting. After conscription, he began to study at the World Dramatic Theater Acting School from 1948 to 1951, together with Lars Ekbal, sorry, I'm bitching names here, Marianne Crook, and Ingrid Thurum. His first role was as Niles, the Crofter, and um, Elf Soldiers, only a mother in 1949. After graduation, he worked at the City Theaters in Norfolk and Malum. His works in the movies in the movies by Ignar Bergman, especially The Seventh Seal, 1957, includes the iconic scenes in which he plays chess with death. Made him well-known internationally, he started to get offers from Rod. His career, Rod began with him playing Jesus in The Greatest Story Ever Told in 1965, Hawaii 1966, and The Quiller Memorandum in 1966. His career includes very different kinds of characters like Carl, Oscar, and Nielsen in Immigrants 1971, Father Lancaster, Mary in The Exorcist, so he was an Exorcist in 1973, um, Juliet the Assassin in Three Days of the Condor 1975, Emperor Ming in Flash Gordon in 1980. The villain Ernest on Stavro Bluefield in the Never Say Never Again 1983. Lee Keys in Dune 1984. The artist Frederick and Hannah and her sisters 1986. Lesson Fall in Paley the Conqueror in 1987, for which he received the first Academy Award nomination. Dr. Peter Ingham in Awakenings 1990. Lamar Burgess in Manorial Report 2002. And The Rent Turned Extremely Loud and Crabby Close 2011, which earned him his second Academy Award nomination. Uh, he became one of Sweden's most admired professional actors. This is from IDB Guys. And is the only male Swedish actor to receive an Oscar nomination. Max has been nominated twice for Pally the Conqueror in 1987 and 1988. For Streaming Alice in 2011, he received the Gunbag Award for Best Director in his directing debut drama film Katinka in 1988. In 2016, he joined the sixth season of the HBO series Game of Thrones. As the Three-Eyed Raven, which earned him his primetime Emmy nomination. And, of course, he was in also in Star Wars. Um, pretty much he played... Um, it was that one village, you know, where... Um, where Poe was. Where him and BB-8 were. He was the leader of the village. When the First Order came down and, you know, finding out where the droid is. And, you know, Poe was hiding out there. Of course, you know, Finn was there too. You got to see it appearing. So, looks like, uh, yeah, so he was in there. He was, like I said, he was in Game of Thrones as well. Um, 
called Three Eyed Raven. Um, and like I said, it's Force Awakens. Um, looks like uh, he had a voice in The Simpsons. His character in Star Wars was Lord Sark Tanka. Um, the Simpsons, he was Klaus Sigler. So he made, he was in the sense of he did some voiceover work as well. Um, people probably would recognize him as Esbern in the Elder Scrolls Pi Skyrim. Looks like he was in a lot of things called the Tudors. He was the voice of Vigo in the Ghostbusters game. He was in Rush Hour 3. Wow. So he has a big credit history. Look, he was in films and television itself too. So yeah, I mean. I'm our in Game of Thrones, so that's, you know, he lived to be 90 years old, so, great career, you know, I mean, he sent his, uh, credit here, I mean, I'm, like I said, I remember seeing him in Game of Thrones, um, he wasn't forced away, because I said that was like his last, well, yeah, that was like his last film, basically, appearance, hmm. so I don't know if you remember that scene. No, I don't, I mean... I don't remember too much from the last couple of Star Wars movies, but uh, I'm, I mean, ninety years old is kind of old, so I, I'm sure he lived. He probably, hopefully, he felt like he lived a pretty fulfilling life at ninety. Uh, and I think what was it? Two days ago, he passed away. Yeah, it was more harsh. It was right Monday morning, so yeah. yesterday morning. Well, today's the tenth by the time of this recording, so it's like Tuesday. So yeah, yeah if you want, here's this picture right there. It looks like a little. Oh yeah, no, I still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, and it was him because I, I don't remember seeing him in a lot. And he was in Game of Thrones. It's that one, the priest, right? I... That was in the in the. What's the it says that he was Christ the Three Eyed Raven. Or yeah, there you go. The, the one guy who uh, hangs out with them at the keep uh-huh. with of the 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 Night's Watch. Uh-huh. Um, Game of Thrones, but nah, RIP, I guess, I, I don't, I never saw him that much. Um, I don't see another thing on Reddit, uh, which I think T-Mobile announced today, is that t- for T-Mobile customers, they're offering T-Mobile home internet, um, 50 bucks a month. Wow. No pay with auto pay, and I guess they just chalk it on your bill if you already have it. There's no annual contracts, no data caps, no hidden fees, no hardware costs. It's, I mean, it seems like they have legit. It's powered by their network. It's easy to set up yourself. Twenty four seven technical support. Uh, you can use multiple devices at the same time. Built in security features. And uh, just reading through the comments on people, some people who already have it, I guess they are grandfathering in. People who are already T-Mobile account holders uh, with the company, so mm-hmm. I think they get first dibs before they're gonna start selling it out to their new customers as part of package. So they're doing deals. that more like uh, to me, it's like more like they're doing it more um, like a beta type thing. Yeah, because it said due to the merger, they had said that connecting both what networks that Sprint had that T-Mobile didn't have because when they're connecting networks, they're releasing real estate on antenna towers. Uh-huh. Um, since the merger was approved by the government. Uh, T-Mobile merged with Sprint, so I, I'm, they're probably going to use utilize those. Hence, creating the internet network because they were going to launch it regardless. But mm-hmm. like, I think they were backburning it because with the merger, obviously, it'd give them more network coverage than they already had. Um, if you know if if you've been with T-Mobile, 
I'm not saying they don't have the worst coverage because they really don't, but they they're spotty at times. You know, they're very spotty at times, and and Verizon's like the Comcast of of uh, phones. They always have, they have really good connection, but it costs too much, for what it's worth. And T-Mobile's always been the AT&T. It's reliable. It does the job. It gets the job done. It could be shoddy at times. It's not all the time, but at times. And with home internet, maybe this could be a sign of things that are going to improve everything overall. And with 5G coming up soon, I mean, a lot of phones are utilizing the technology. And depending on who you, uh, who your service provider is, it's like... You might have options to switch over to that, so I'm not surprised if Verizon gets into the internet game, or, or um, I mean, AT&T basically has it, so I'm sure they still do bundle deals for their phones. But um, it, it, it's T-Mobile just grew bigger and bigger with this merge. I mean, they everything else is what Metro PCS. They well, Metro's pretty much part of T-Mobile umbrella, pretty much. Boost um, Mobile is another third party, like it's yeah. another like that's still there. They have their market space. Cricket has its market space. Um, so I'm not saying there's not room for anybody. Like given a, given they are, they have the financial backing. But a lot of these companies are just what, just an offshoot brand of, of a, a major telephone provider to reach in certain areas. I mean, They're it's small. They don't have a, a good reach. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much what it is. It's probably like in the hard term, like. Like if you live in an area that don't offer like the big internet companies, so it's like another option. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, trying to make it affordable. And one thing I do want to mention, I forgot I saw this yesterday. Yesterday was an article. Um, Combo.com said yesterday that corner Vin Diesel, um, because they're never going next week. He didn't mention that. Um, right now that the it's planned for an album for Thor: Love and Thunder. That um, pretty much the Guardians will be in that film. I guess due to the fact that James Gunn is still doing the final production on uh, the Suicide Squad, um, according to him, that the Guardians are planned to be in Thor four. So Thor four will take place before you know guard uh, before Guardians four and three. So he did mention that. I guess he was promoting um you know Fast and Furious again. So it's like, and they asked you know what the plan is because he is the voice of group, and he did mention that you know right now the Guardians will be in Thor four. And pretty much, uh, Final Three will be taking place after Thor Four, which kind of looking forward to because you know we'll get to see Jane Foster come back. Um, I guess you know, I guess uh, the way I guess what convinced Natalie Portman to come back. Apparently, they were saying that pretty much like in articles and everything that based on how Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi did a great job on Thor Ragnarok, like how they were able to like revitalize that franchise. Hmm. Because honestly, they gave Thor more personality, you know? I think that's probably what got her back, you know? Who was She decided to come back to the franchise. Okay. And it, well, I'm curious to see how mm, Taka Waititi writes the Guardians. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm assuming he's going to have James Gunn being there to give some kind of like feedback and stuff. Probably has on as a producer. And I'm just curious to see how they're. I mean, hopefully, my hopes for yeah, we're going to probably see James Foster's Thor. But at the same time, hopefully, since the Guardians are going to be in space, I bet you part of it's going to be trying to find Gamora as well. And because remember, this is the Gamora from like 2014 Guardians. Oh, yeah. This is not the current Gamora. (laughs) And of course, we were trying to find out where she went after, you know, um, Endgame. So it's like trying to find her. Hopefully, they run into Better Ray Bill. 
that's I'm hoping now that the reveal makes an appearance as well. Um, because it's like, you're going to have female Thor, but she's going to hold Mjolnir. It's like, right now, Thor has Stormbreaker. So, I wonder if, if he's going to get Mjolnir back and, like, Stormbreaker ends up going with better rebuild. So, we'll see how that goes. I know, I don't know when production shows will happen on that, but I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, right now, I'm pretty much going through YouTube right now. I was watching AEW Dark, you know, AEW puts their dark matches, and, of course, there were some good matches, uh, matchups on there. Of course, I had to keep the bottom sound down. And pretty much, um, what's cool about, you know, YouTube, um, pretty much, uh, they do, like, breaking news stuff and top news, apparently, um, like, people are still, looks like there's some passengers are pretty much, uh, slowly but surely getting moved from, you know, being quarantined on cruise ships and stuff, and. And I guess CNN has a clip saying, should Americans prepare for a lockdown like China? At least this from ABC News looks like. <laughs> Another video on that. Um, it's, like I said, it's something that's, I mean, even to the point, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the episode where, you know, the AEW prepared uh, to, to do shows in empty arenas, you know, WrestleMania stuff, you know, going on as planned. So, I think... The NBA as well is looking at the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball looking at that as well. There's a possibility of competing in, you know, anti-arenas. I think there was a Champions League match today I saw on Reddit, or was it, like, I forgot, like, Google had, like, an article showing that they had a Champions League match, but they did it behind closed doors. So the fans were not allowed into the arena. But apparently supporters were outside the stadium still showing their support. So, it's like, it's that point where, yeah, like, if it's like to the point where, you know, these sporting events will be held in empty arenas. Just, you know, for like the safety and for the safety of the athletes. And, you know, it's it's really interesting. Like I said, it's like this thing is like, and I think right now it's like the Ivy League tournament was canceled for the men's and women's. Because, of course, it's March Madness, but it looks like that's one of the conferences that so far the tournament's been canceled. You know, they do the conference for all the conferences and then of course they get voted into the tour- big tournament. But it looks like so far the Ivy League was canceled looks like right here. Um Biko, do you have anything else you wanna you see out there that's kinda relevant right now? News wise. <laughs> um no I mean not not that I know of uh Trump just Continues to be Trump, <laughs> basically saying, thinking that the wall can stop the coronavirus from spreading. Oh god! I don't know if that's just another thing he's been pitching to his constituents, but it could just be CNN spinning something. So I don't know. It's just same old media being the media and being ridiculous. Uh, uh, but no, uh, now so, uh, scientists are pointing that the Amazon rainforest may not be may be gone in fifty years. Hmm. Which is fucking scary to think about, because um, that helps. Can only imagine helps all of, most of the oxygen to pass through in the earth, because it's such a vast area of land with covered with trees. It's a fucking rainforest, and then the ecosystem runs through there in fifty years. It's ridiculous, huh. and it's only getting hotter. So oh yeah, there's not I a mean, lot the way to mitigate that. Been, yeah. So it's it's that's not good. Fifty years, fifty years is not a long time. Uh, from now, so it's very so weird to think about. 
Now it's and then I see uh, Russia's parliament passes a law enabling Vladimir Putin to run again for president, which uh, if you if you're not into Russian politics, I understand. Um, but from what I've known from my Russian people that I, that I have that I'm close to, they knew this was going to happen, uh, considering that Putin's been the president for like I think two terms. It's been forever, and then he was going to write in on a roll just to change to amend that, and the house is, the house is going to pass it because he he, he runs a, a parliament there that they're all bought by him, former KGB, and so he he's got that cabinet locked up, and they they knew this was going to happen, so he he's going to be able to run again, and then I think they had two or three terms, so he's going to get it's like it's like it's if it never happened. Hmm. Because if it, if they wipe the rule in which he just passed into law, so it it means that the president can run again for a third time huh. in Russia. So that's crazy. I mean, who's to say that couldn't happen here? But here we are. Um, one thing I do. But that's I don't have much of anything else from that I can see that's not involved with the coronavirus. <laughs> Um, and also, like, based on, like, before we wrap up, um, there's something I do want to mention. I did end up watching the, I ended up finishing, well, my, well, the run that Netflix is available on The Good Place. Oh, um, yeah, The Good Place. I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. I'm like, I can't wait for season four, which is supposed to be, like, the last season. Um, but I enjoy it. It's like, it's like a what if, you know? And, like, pretty much how humanity's graded on the scale, you know, based on their actions, and they get, like, the final score, and then they get determined... When they die, if they're in a good place or not. But like I said, it's a good comedy. You know, Ted Danson, Christian Bell. You know, honestly, they're, they're kind of funny. Like they got a dynamic scene. Ted Danson, which I haven't seen in a while since, like you know, uh, Cheers, and he did some films. Um, I believe he was on CSI or something. I'm not mistaken. Who? Ted Danson. I think he did some drama himself. Um, oh, maybe. Uh, other than that, Biko, did you watch any TV? What a weekend! Any TV shows you're currently watching right now? No, I, I, I'm probably, I don't know. I haven't gone back to look, uh, to watch it. I finished Jack Ryan, the last second season of Jack Ryan. Uh, very different from the first. Um, it's a good show no matter what. So I would check that out if you're into like shows, Tom by like Tom Clancy inspired type of shows, basically anything close to what the Bourne, Jason Bourne movies are kind of the action drama type of shows but a uh, very cohesive storyline and plot that kind of unravels as the series goes and progresses um, I think the first season is a little better than the second but the second one is still engaging because it, it takes you in a different type of ride as opposed to the first one it's first one's kind of like a faster paced type of story so the second one it definitely does a uh, it definitely has that better balance of how they want to make pace the show, but uh, there's some points that may have faltered because of that. I don't know if it felt like it was playing it safe, but it it definitely made it interesting. Uh, I just wish they would change a couple things, but that's the one show that like I breezed by it right away. It's like maybe ten, thirteen, eleven episodes. About thirteen episodes, maybe, but it's a breeze by because the story's good. So, all that's right, the last thing I watched. Okay, so that pretty much wraps it up for pop news hashtag one number one. Um, but I do want to mention next week's episode. We'll probably do um three sixteen day. 
um, that we'll try to film next Monday. Um, because if you know, um, March 16 has been dubbed by fans as Austin Tree 16 Day. Um, of course, WWE's um pulling all the all the stops all the celebrate. You know, Steve Austin has put on Twitter that he will be on Raw next Monday, um, to pretty much uh, drink beer and raise hell. And WWE's been promoting it um, to the point that like on the network they're gonna have like a marathon of Austin's greatest moments in his career, wrestling career. So looking forward to that and looking forward to seeing Steve Austin on Raw. So that's kind of cool how they take advantage. Like this was started by fans like online saying you know happy three sixteen day of course, um it was like an internet thing or wrestling fans say it kind of makes sense you know, um so yeah so probably next Monday we'll try get a new episode up and pretty much it'll be dedicated to Steve Austin, who honestly was a big part of my history with wrestling and part of Beagle's history of wrestling back in the day because that was like a big thing with the attitude era and stuff so, so next week's episode will probably be wrestling esque, kind of focus. And we'll probably talk about Steve Austin, like the greatest moments that we can remember, and pretty much, you know, looking forward to seeing his appearance on Raw that night. So that's pretty much what we got for you guys. Don't forget uh, to check out our backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com. Just go to Facebook, search for Talking Pop Franchise We post links to the episodes. And if you have any questions, you can post it on there as well. Make sure to like the page, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Um, you can check out our merch. We got merch at teespring.com slash store slash talking pop. We got t-shirts. We got hoodies. We got tank tops. We got coffee mugs. We got decals for your laptop or your locker or whatever you'll put a decal on. Um, we do have covers for iPhones and Android phones, you know, with the, with the little pops or not on there. So, like I said, I will coming up possibly with new designs. Maybe do a Beagle shirt and a Fonchai shirt. So, I got to do some preliminary designs. Get good drawing on a tablet, so <laughs> I might do some preliminary sketches and probably post it up to Teespring. So right now, you can actually get it right now with the logo with the pops and like I said, it comes out in two styles. Classic with the blue background, or just simply just the pops and the lettering, and you can pick any colors you want. Just go ahead, go to teespring.com, check it out. That's pretty much what I got for you guys. Thank you for joining us this week. As always, geek on, and take care. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Pico. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Pops or Not logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, whatever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.